and then after that we'll have an opportunity to share. But what we're going to do today, once we start the sharing, is I'm going to need five people to start us off, okay? So I'm telling you now before I give my homily, so you can be thinking if you're going to be one of those five, because I'm going to have you sit right here. And then if you want to share, then you can just come up and join the five once it becomes four or three. And once there's no one else, or I cut it off, we're going to be done. That sound good? So I will need you to be one of those five, so be thinking about what you want to share, okay? All right, we're in Psalm 92. Psalm 92, this is a song for the Sabbath. Verse 1, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. And that's what we just did, right? I mean, we don't have a lute or a harp, but we're working on that, okay? <laughs> Going to put that in the budget for 2024. Yes, talk to justice if you play one of those. All right, let's go to the Lord and, and pray uh, before we continue on. Father, we do thank you uh, that we can worship you and that we can use instruments, we can use our voices. We thank you, Lord, that you are such a good God and we can take uh, one Sunday a year to set aside to give people an opportunity to say what they're thankful for. We have so much to be thankful for. We thank you, Lord, for salvation. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for the new life that we have as your new creation. Lord, we thank you for the blessings that you've given us, both physically and spiritually, Lord. You are such a good God to us. And we pray you'd bless us now as we continue on and look at your word. Amen. Okay, well, the social science on being thankful is actually pretty clear. People who are thankful, guess what? Are usually happier, uh, they have less depression, they are more grateful, um, they have optimism, hope, on and on and on and on. Less anxiety. But here's the thing. That's not why we want to be thankful. I mean, that might be the benefits of being thankful, but that's not why we want to be thankful. We want to be thankful um, because of what God has done for us and what he has given us. And here's the thing that's interesting, and this is very important. If you can get this, it actually will help you out a whole lot. It's that um, God's word goes well with God's world. God's word goes well with God's world. What does that mean? It means he created this world, and when we live in it and follow his word, guess what normally happens? We do pretty well. That's why you have commands. Do this and live. What happens when you don't do some of the commands of scriptures? You end up with a short life sometimes because you're making bad decisions. You know, uh, the other day we were... Uh, Job and I were watching something on TV, I forget what it was, but um, I made the comment, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. <laughs> so, you, yeah, you do something stupid, and guess what's going to happen? You're going to reap the consequences of that, like stupid things will happen, because you've made decisions in accordance with that. But it is a beautiful thing that God sets his world up, that if we walk in accordance with his word, generally things go well for us. Things go well. Now, that doesn't mean your business will thrive. It does not mean you will get a promotion at your work. It doesn't mean your bank account grows. But it does mean that you thrive. As a child of God, you thrive. So how do you thrive? Well, in relationship with the God that was gracious to save you, to adopt you, to bring you into his kingdom. So the prosperity gospel it welds the American dream with Christianity, and it, like, puts it on steroids. 
So you have the American dream of getting a, a home and, and all these things and a great job and a family and all these things. And the prosperity gospel takes that and puts that on steroids and then holds that out to what true Christianity is. Well, that's not true Christianity. Some of the greatest saints that God has blessed us with have been rather poor, not just uh, in their spirit, but literally poor. Yet they were great men and women of God who accomplished great things. So don't believe the lie that if you don't have certain things, you're not doing well or you're not where you're supposed to be. If you are walking according to the dictates of Scripture, if you're producing the fruit of the Spirit, if you're serving God with everything you've got, if you're walking with a thankful heart, then, then you will do and be where God wants you to be. When we look at the Psalms, including a psalm like this, we want to remember something about the Psalms. And I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it. But the Psalms are the worship book for Israel. I mean, this is what they used to worship. When they were using their harp and their lute and their lyre, these are the words that they were singing. So it's, it's a worship book of sorts. And there's all types of different Psalms that we have, but, but most theologians break it into five or six categories. So there's Psalms of Lament, there's uh, like kingship prophecy psalms, there's wisdom psalms, there's praise psalms, and then there's also thanksgiving psalms. There's like a whole category out of like the five or six, depending on how you break it down, of just psalms that focus entirely on thanksgiving. Many psalms, many psalms, many psalms. Why? Because when God brings his people together, how does he want them acting with thankful hearts? How does he want them coming before him with, with hearts of gladness and with hearts of praise and with hearts of thankfulness? So you have this whole category of singing to God about being thankful. And we're created to commune with him. Part of that is worshiping him and singing about how great he is. And what's the content of the worship? Well, one category, one whole category, entirely on thanksgiving. That's what he wants us focused on in our communion with him and worship with him in part. Also, if you do a little like word search on the word give thanks, uh, I tried to find one. It might be there, but I tried to find one where it was like, I give thanks for someone else. I actually couldn't find it, at least in the Psalms. That's where I was kind of focused. It's all give thanks, and then it's, it's almost always the Lord. Or it might say to the God of gods or to the King of kings or to the Lord, but it's always Yahweh. Always in the Psalms. Well, and that makes sense. Why? Because the focus is on Him. And that's who we're worshiping. So what are we being thankful about? Well, we're being thankful about uh, for who He is, what He's done, and what He's given us. So we have this command before us right here. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. Over and over, we could look at different commands that were given that have this same flavor. Look at Psalm 30. Psalm 30, verse 4. It says, Sing praises to the Lord. O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. Now, who does that apply to? All of us, right? Yes? So when it says, one, it, when it says sing praises to the Lord, guess what? When you're gathering together for worship, I don't consider it optional to sing or not sing. The vast majority of the time, if you're in his presence and you're gathering with the saints and the worship is being played, your mouth should be open and words should be coming out. Now, there are times I've been there myself where maybe you just need to spend some time, a song or something, praying to the Lord. Absolutely. But you still got words coming out. They just might be a little bit quiet. But here, the command. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and then look and give thanks to his holy name. So part of the singing, there's, there's kind of a Hebrew parallelism going. Part of the singing is the giving of thanks. Look at Psalm 97. We'll see something similar.
The very last verse in Psalm 97. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to His holy name. Are those commands? Are they optional? No. So we rejoice in the Lord, that's a command, we want to obey it, and we give thanks to His holy name. So today we're looking at three C's, the three C's of thankfulness. The first is the command of thankfulness. We are commanded to give thanks. Ultimately, to the Lord. We give thanks to Him. Why? Because everything we have comes from Him. I was kind of reading about this and thinking about this. <clears throat> like, who does the atheist give thanks to? And people actually debate whether it's possible. Even non-believers debate whether it's possible for the atheist to, to give thanks. I mean, they can give thanks to their boss for giving them a raise or different things like that. But, you know, they go to the Grand Canyon and they're just amazed at how beautiful it is. And they're like, I'm so thankful for this. Well, thankful to whom? Well, we're thankful to God for everything that he's given us. Every single thing. Everything. So the command, there's the command of thankfulness. Think about the first two kings of Israel. You know who they were? Saul and David. This is not a trick question, y'all. Come on, I usually, I usually just ask regular questions. I don't try to get you. I saved my humor for puns, right? <clears throat> so first two kings of Israel, Saul and David. Think about King Saul for a moment. Picture his life. He complains and complains and complains and complains. He complains about David. He complains about his daughter. He complains about the prophet Samuel. He I mean, he complains about everything. Everything. It's never his fault. It's always someone else. And everything that happens, right, he's complaining. He, I mean, he is the king of Israel. He has it all. He has it all. Whatever he wants, he has. And yet, the words out of his mouth, vast majority of the time, complain, complain, complain. It wasn't enough. But then, on the other hand, take King David. Even the Psalms that he writes, the worship book of Israel we can see what his attitude is in some of the worst and challenging situations. Look at Psalm 3. It says, A Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom his son. I know I've mentioned this before. I'll continue to mention it. Those... Um, Titles in the Psalms are actually in the Hebrew. They're part of what you would call the Masoretic text or the Hebrew, the, Bi the Old Testament in Hebrew. It's actually inspired. Those are inspired. They're part of the word. In fact, if you opened a Hebrew Old Testament and were reading it, the verses would be off by one because the first verse would be this, would be the subtitle. So anyway, <clears throat> um, it's not academics or theologians, you know, trying to figure out, oh, when did he write this? Oh, it's probably when he, no. This is David. He puts a, a title to his psalm, and it's when he fled from, his, from Absalom, his son. So we know, we know that. It's not guesswork. This is David writing it, and he's telling us when he wrote the psalm and what it's about. Look what he says. Oh, Lord, how many are my fo foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. And then notice what he says, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Is he complaining at all? No, he's taking refuge and hope in God. He goes on in verse 7, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek, you break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord, your blessings be on your people. I mean, this is King David who's, who is fleeing for his life because his own son has turned against him. And yet, where does he turn? To the Lord. Where is his refuge? To the Lord. What, who does he look to? To the Lord. Look at Psalm 7, a couple of psalms later. Again, the title, A Shaking of David, which he sang to the Lord concerning the words of Cush, a Benjamite. So, 
apparently someone had been speaking ill of him. Some people think it's Shmi, if you know the story, uh, when, he's, when he's leaving and Shmi's throwing the dirt at him and everything. They think this might be another name for him. There's not conclusive evidence on that. Uh, but whatever is going on, look, look at his words in verse 1. Oh Lord my God, in you do I take refuge. Save me from all my pursuers and deliver me, lest like a lion they tear my soul apart, rending it in pieces with none to deliver. And he goes on and on. We could read the whole psalm, we won't. But look how he ends the psalm after talking about everything that's going against him, but he's taking refuge in God. Verse 17, I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness. And I will sing praise to the name of the Lord the Most High. Over and over throughout the life of David, this is what we see. He's in trouble. He's in conflict. There's danger. And what does he do? He's turning to the Lord. And he's still, even in challenging situations, having a thankful heart, singing the praises of the Lord. Look at Psalm 56. Again, the title, To the Choir Master, According to the Dove on Far-Off Terebinth, a victim of David, when the Philistines seized him in Gath. And look what he says, verse 1. Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me. All day long an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? And that's how he goes throughout the psalm. And then this is how he wraps it up. Verse 12, towards the end. I must perform my vows to you, O God. I will render thank offerings to you. For you have delivered my soul from death, yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Again, over and over again, over and over again. Where's David turning to the Lord? What is his attitude? thankfulness. One more psalm. It's the very next one, Psalm 57. To the choir master, according to do not destroy, a victim of David when he fled from Saul in the cave. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame him who tramples on me. God will send out his steadfast love and his faithfulness. And again, on and on it goes, talking about different ways. How does he end it? Verse 10, for your steadfast love is great to the heavens and your faithfulness to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Listen, if this is part of corporate worship, that should be like this huge banner to us that it's a pretty important thing. And God wants us walking in that thankfulness. In any situation, he wants us walking in that thankfulness. Here's the second C. It's the cure. The cure. Okay, thankfulness is the antidote to your complaining, to your criticizing, to your condemning. Saul didn't learn it. He didn't learn it. But we need to. And some of you, you've got complaining going on. You've got criticizing going on. You've got condemning going on. We need to learn what the Scriptures command. We need to learn to walk in accordance with them. David knew it well. Saul didn't. Okay, we should know it well. We of all who have the Spirit living in us should know it and live it and walk it out. And here's the thing. It's volition before emotion. Volition before emotion. What does that mean? It just means that it's your will before your heart. It means that your emotions or your feelings aren't the thing that lead you. So, 
<clears throat> you, can, you can be in the congregation with your brothers and sisters and not feel like singing. I've been there. Have you? Okay, but are, are you going to let those emotions dictate how you come together with your brothers and sisters in Christ when it's time to worship an amazing God? No. No, it's, it, you're going to will yourself. You're, I know I'm supposed to worship the amazing God that I have. He's given me an amazing salvation. So I might not feel like it, but I'm going to open my mouth and I, I'm going to sing those words and do the best I can to believe them and I'm going to take a step of faith to do that because God commands it. I want to walk in obedience. I want to walk in obedience. So it's, it's volition before emotion. Like if you're tempted to do something and you're tempted towards sin, like your, your emotions and your passions are being drawn towards something sinful, but what is... what? are you supposed to do? Like, really, it's the volition. That is sin. I will will myself not to do that thing. I choose not to do it. You have a will. You can use it. You can choose to do certain things. You can choose to not do certain things. Now, granted, we can get ourselves ingrained in some habits that can be challenging to break, but you can choose. Every person in here can choose to worship the Lord. Every person in here can choose to walk in thankfulness. Every person in here can choose to open their mouth and sing praises. Every person in here can choose to praise the Lord and give thanks to him in all circumstances. I mean, that's kind of the summation of Paul in 1 Thessalonians towards the end, right? Give thanks. Give thanks in all circumstances. So volition before emotion. And here's, here's the thing, brothers and sisters. Jesus will teach you the same lesson over and over and over and over and over until you learn it. Until you learn it. He loves you too much not to. And so sometimes like, you feel like you're stuck in a rut. Well, it, it, the Lord is trying to teach you a lesson in that rut. And he's trying to teach you it. And then you like, are rejecting it. And then he's trying to teach you it and you're not listening. And he's trying to teach you it. He's going to teach you that same lesson over and over and over until you learn that lesson. And some of us have been there and been in that rut and, and just fumbled along for days, weeks, months, years. And he's been trying to teach us that lesson. And we either haven't been willing to listen or we've rejected what he's been saying. But he loves us too much to let us continue in our own sinful, unbelieving ways. So thankfulness, it's the cure. It's the antidote to our complaining, criticizing, and condemning. The third C is communion. Not the Lord's Supper, but our fellowship with the Lord. Think about it. When we're worshiping God, we are blessed to come into his presence and worship none other than God himself. The triune God. And we see these pictures in the Old Testament, right? That the temple is filled with his glory. So great they could, that the priests, they couldn't even do what they were required to do. Because the glory was there. We have something greater than the temple. And we're filled with the Holy Spirit. So we can come together and worship an amazing God and commune with God in a way that was honestly closed off to the Old Testament Israelites. There was the veil. Once a year, one person access to God. Once a year, one person access to God. The high priest, the day of atonement, he comes in. Yet what happens? Jesus is crucified on the cross. The temple is torn from top to bottom, symbolizing what? Access to the Father. So we don't have to depend on any one individual to come before God for us. We can come before him ourselves. That's why Peter talks about the priesthood of all believers. We're the royal priesthood. So you and 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 you, you can come before the Father and fellowship with him and commune with him. And you don't have to rely on a priest. You don't have to rely on a pastor. You don't have to rely on anybody. No, you and just you can fellowship with him. That's why we get in 1 John 1, verse 3, that that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. All right, so there's that horizontal fellowship, fellowship with the other brothers and sisters. And then he says, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father 
and with his son Jesus Christ. We're privileged to be able to fellowship with all three members of the Trinity. There it specifically mentions the Father and the Son. 2 Corinthians talks about at the very end the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The fellowship with all three. You have that communion with them. A sweetness, a friendship that you get to commune or fellowship with none other than God himself. What, what should that pre- automatically, what should that just well up inside us? Like, well, feelings of awe and wonder and gratefulness and thankfulness. Because we have an amazing God who laid down his son's life for us. And guess what he did? Took away the sin. And what did we get back? None other than the righteousness of Christ. Not a righteousness our own, of our own, Paul says in Philippians, but it is the righteousness of Christ. Be holy as I am holy. That is possible because of the sacrifice of Jesus. We can do that. We can be holy. Why? Because we have the righteousness of Christ. We can walk in holiness. Not in a perfection, but one day, yes, in a perfection. Why? Because of something we've done? No. All God. All God. Everything that he's done. So hopefully we could be here all day and have people share and share and share all the different things we're thankful for. We're going to take like 15, 20 minutes maybe and give people an opportunity to be thankful. Why? Because I'm encouraged and I think other people are encouraged when they hear what God is doing in your life and what you're thankful for and how he's blessed you. So let's pray and then we'll move on to that next section. Father, You are the best, and we thank you that you are the best, that we serve the one true God. We serve the triune God who has spoken to us through his word, spoken to us in these last days through his son. And we thank you for the salvation that we have in Jesus. Bless our time, Lord, as we continue on. We pray this for your glory. Amen. All right, five people is what I need. Who's going to be my five? There's one, two, three. Need two more. Jeff's coming, that's four, and there we go, five. All right, I'll go first, actually. (laughs) <laughs> so that's six, I guess. Uh, I'm thankful uh, for my amazing family. I'm blessed with four awesome children. I'm super thankful for my wife. Um, she is amazing, and it is very challenging to be a pastor's wife, but uh, she shines brightly and um, is definitely my helpmate in a thousand different ways. So I'm very blessed by her. And I'm also blessed by all of you. I'm very, very thankful for every single member of Liberty, every single person here that comes each week. It would not be the church it is without each of you. So very thankful for you all. All right, Job. Hello, um, my name's Job. And um, so I just want to say really quickly, I'm thankful for my mom and my dad, they provide for me, um, and I would not be there here without them, quite obviously. And um, I want to say I'm thankful for my brothers, Ethan and Logan, and I want to say I'm thankful for my sister, Trinity, as well. And um, just really quickly, I want to say, so on Thanksgiving, we were cleaning up the house, and we'd already done a lot of it like the day beforehand, so there wasn't much to do. So I did find a little bit of time to spend in the Word. And I was trying to think of a, uh, a chapter uh, that was, you know, about Thanksgiving. And so I uh, looked in my Bible app, and I just typed in, like, Thanksgiving, and Psalm 106 showed up. And I was like, I felt like I had heard either Justice or Mr. Snyder uh, read this verse in church in the past couple of weeks. And I was like, okay, let's read it. 
So I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's like 20 verses. But basically, the beginning, uh, we just sang about it. It was like, praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty deeds of the Lord or declare all of his praises? Blessed are those who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. And I was like, oh, great. This is a verse about Thanksgiving. And then it goes on, and it kind of goes and says a bunch of stuff about the Old Testament, about how God is leading his people away from uh, Egypt and how he parted the Red Sea, and he was... uh, he put them and tested them in the desert. I'm like, what does this have to do with Thanksgiving? Well, it's that God is being faithful to his people. And I just want to say that I'm really thankful that God is faithful to all of us, even through the hard times and the good times, but he's faithful to us. And it's sometimes hard to see it. I'm sure the Israelites probably didn't see it when they were being tested in the desert, but um, I'm just really thankful that he is faithful. Oh, I am thankful for, and I think I know everyone, but I'm Justice. Uh, I'm very thankful for God's grace and loving kindness that he has, and faithfulness, as Job talked about, that he has so abundantly poured out upon us, um, my wife and I, Specifically in this year, um, I wrote down several things as I was, I was pondering this this morning. Um, but I'm first of all, this is not just obligatory. This is true. Um, <laughs> I'm very thankful to God that He has given me another year with my beautiful and wonderful wife. Um, I am so thankful for the gift that Laura is. Secondly, uh, this year, the Lord brought my brother and uh, his wife and new son uh, back here to the St. Louis area, and we're very thankful for that. We've been praying for that for some time, and so God has been very good to answer that request. Uh, I'm very thankful that the Lord has gotten me through surgery this year, um, and he's continued to care for me in the midst of problems with my ear. Uh, even with an ear infection that came on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, the Lord provided a way for me to get antibiotics, even though everybody was closed. He's continued to provide all the necessary finances for surgery and everything else. And so I, I'm thankful for how the Lord has walked through that with me this year. Uh, I'm really thankful to the Lord that He has allowed us as a church to return to Belize this year after five years not going. And very thankful that uh, he's allowed me personally to make three different trips to Belize to be with my brothers and sisters there this year. Um, I'm also really thankful uh, for my wife's heart that helps encourage me to uh, reach out to people. And we're really both thankful uh, for the opportunities God has given us to get to know some of our neighbors this year. Um, We lived here for many years and didn't really know very many of them, and uh, the Lord really put it on her heart, and then my heart through her encouragement to get to know our neighbors this year, and to to reach out, and it's been a blessing. And um, here's probably the big one. Uh, We have prayed and sought the Lord for many years now, and uh, God's gently worked on our hearts and lives, and we are both super thankful that He has poured out His grace upon us in giving us Um, our son, as Laura is 21 weeks pregnant today, um, with our son, Thaddeus Justice, um, is his name. And uh, the name Thaddeus means gift of God. And uh, we are very thankful uh, for the gift that he has given and that he has kept both uh, little Thaddeus and Laura healthy through this time. So I just want to praise God for the family that he has given us. We're very thankful, and inside of that, we're very thankful for our church that has loved and supported us and cared for us uh, the entire way and has enabled us to have Laura stay at home starting in January. We are very thankful um, for a church body that's walked with us and prayed with us through each moment, especially those families that have talked with us and counseled uh, us the last couple of years. We're very thankful. Uh, I am also very thankful uh, for my new guitar and for God's grace and helping me to learn to play it. It's something I never thought I would do. Uh, If you asked me 
in the summer, if I was ever probably going to get to playing the guitar, I would have said no. And, but the Lord, the Lord is gracious, and I'm thankful that he has helped me learn. It is only by his um, help that I've done it. And those are just a few of the things that I want to give thanks for. This year has not been the easiest for us. Uh, there's been a lot of challenges and difficult moments, kind of like Job said with, you know, Israel. But God has been faithful, and more than any other year, I think God has been teaching us to walk by faith um, in each and every moment of the day. Whether we can always see it in the moment, uh, He has continually proved Himself faithful and has provided our every need along the way. So I just want to give God all the glory. Hello. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Daniel Lenichek. Uh, I'm going to follow what those before hello what those before me have already said. Uh, I'm really thankful for this church and the opportunities that I have here to serve both our kids as well as just the fellow adults here. Uh, the opportunities to grow at the work days, to serve there, to serve up in the sound booth. I really appreciate those opportunities that God has given me. Uh, I'm also really thankful uh, just for school and for education. I'm a little less than just a year away from getting my bachelor's degree. And I just praise God for that opportunity and for the ability to do that. I also just want to come here and praise uh, and thanksgiving for my wife, Minette. Uh, and for our little daughter that's on the way here in April. We're really, really excited about that and just wanted to publicly give praise to him for that, uh, that amazing gift of life uh, that God gives us. Well, I'm keeping it short, and I'll pass it on. Um, I'm James. I think I know most of you, but um, not to be a broken record, but first, I'm, I'm thankful to the Lord for his salvation while I was yet a sinner, he chose me and continues to work through a very hard-headed person every day. Um, so I'm thankful for his patience as well. And um, also thankful for my wife, Jen, and our boys, and my sister-in-law, who help complement each other and help challenge each other. Um, I know that we see the, the best and worst of ourselves in our children, and that is one way the Lord helps us learn patience, uh, which is one of my, my biggest struggles. Um, I'm also thankful to the Lord for bringing us to liberty. When we moved here, we thought it would be a very short-term assignment. Now that we found liberty, it's, you know, kind of more up in the air. How long do we stay? Um, but then also thankful for the brothers and sisters in Belize. Um, I used to travel a lot for work, so it was more of a drudgery. It was great to be able to go with so many folks from this church and have a, a trip that was focused solely on God and coming alongside folks with you know, we all have our own struggles in life, and to see the connections the Lord used through that, where we could each relate to each other, even when we live very far apart, has been amazing. Um, overall, though, I'm, I'm also thankful for the challenges the Lord gives us. So kind of like Job was saying at first, the times we encounter can seem endless or tough. You know, like for Daniel, being in school, I remember when I was there, it seemed like, man, I'm never going to finish school. Now I'm like 11 years into my career, and wow, okay, seems like this will go forever, but before long I'll, you know, be past that. So the Lord uses the challenges to grow us, and I'm thankful for those moments when he reminds us to pause and to give him thanks and to look back on the challenges and how he's worked through those to craft us into the people that he wants us to be. So beyond thankfulness, my prayer is that we all continue to pursue those and to rest in the Lord and to give him all the glory, and to lean purely on him and not on our own understanding. More people coming up to fill these spots, because Jeff is going to be the last one here. I'm Jeff. Hey, Jeff. And the uh, reason I don't get up here is because I end up doing a Diane Vaughn, <laughs> so to speak. Um, you got the first one up there? Yeah. Anyhow, there, there's, this is a show and tell. There's a little story behind this. What's up there is a bill from MSD for my rental property in the city. And the guy has lived there for a year, has not paid MSD. And he's then, end result is I ended up with a lien on the property. And, uh, he just wouldn't pay the bill. So um, 
I finally said, okay, I'll, I'll pay MSD. We're gonna renegotiate the uh, contract. I had a rent-to-own contract through uh, Rocket Lawyer. And um, we renegotiated the contract because he was in default. So I agreed to pay this and paid the first $200 down and uh, moving along my way and then this, all this stuff happened with Israel and Palestine, what have you. And I went to, uh, had an appointment with, with my urologist whose name is Goldenberg. And so we were talking about it and the whole mess and he says, you know, all those people in Palestine could go through to Egypt and escape to Egypt. But Egypt probably doesn't want them there either with all the terrorists entering the country. So I went home and I had, I had, some, I had some questions after the appointment. And before I, before I asked the questions that I forgot about at the appointment, I just said, um, you know, I, I made a definite statement that the group, my circle of friends, um, will praise Israel. God, God says, whoever blesses Israel, he will be blessed. And whoever curses Israel, they'll be cursed. And I said, what our country is doing through higher education and through government affiliations, they are standing for Palestine. And uh, it's not going to go right with our country and for those um, offices of higher education. So I never thought of again about it. I haven't gotten a response from him yet because uh, it was Thanksgiving week, I guess he was off. And then um, a day afterwards, I received this one. And I called the company that had a uh, that had the, it was a, uh, what do you want to call it, a collection agency, so, so to speak. And I called him, I says, what happened here? He says, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. For those that don't know, my name is Margaret Porch, and I don't have anything like that. And if I don't have a script, it's a really bad thing. <laughs> okay. But um, I'm thankful for so much. I've got family here, my daughter and her husband, my son-in-law in the back, and Everett. Um, our Thanksgiving is actually tomorrow because it's just the way it works in our family. <laughs> but anyway, um, the Lord has been teaching me so much. Um, and the biggest thing he's been teaching me is that everything is for his glory. Um, everything, no matter good, bad, you know, we've had some tough years and we've had some good years. And uh, Elizabeth, she was born at 26 weeks, for those of you pregnant. Um, Everett was born at 26 weeks and there they are. So um, the Lord is gracious. We have a wonderful church that's walked us through so many things. Um, Operation Christmas Child, we just packed and sent out 300 boxes. Thank, so thankful for that. Uh, for the homeschool group that helped with that, for um, 300 plus billions more children that will be blessed and will hear the gospel. Thankful that the gospel is being spread worldwide and that we're learning more and more about how to do that here. Just thankful for all of you. And for, again, my wonderful husband out there in the back and, and uh, so much more. Thank you all. keeps his promises. Amen. Hi, I'm Jill. That's loud. Um, so last year about this time, um, I was not coming to church and I was running from God. And I want to thank him that he didn't give up on me and he drew me back to himself. Um, and I'm very thankful that 
throughout the past couple years I have lived here, um, my family, James and Jen and the boys, have um, supported me and encouraged me and held me accountable and challenged me. And um, I've grown so much since I've been here. Um, in Psalms, it says, my God and his steadfast love will meet me. God will let me look in victory or triumph, I think, um, on my enemies. And this past year, I have been able to look in triumph on addiction and my fear and in so many things. Um, he has just shown me this year, especially since August, how powerful he is and that nothing is too challenging or too scary or too big for him. And um, I also want to thank him for this church. Um, I don't talk to a lot of y'all a lot because I don't talk. <laughs> um, but I do love you all, and I'm so thankful for all of you that have come alongside me and helped me um, and encouraged me and just said hi to me. <laughs> um, and I'm so thankful, too, for Justice and Mike. Um, challenging me a lot the past few months and um, holding me accountable and um, making sure that I do not run away again. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, if you don't know Jill, you should get an opportunity to meet her. She is super awesome and God has been doing an amazing work in her life. So praise the Lord. Place Diane Baum. So <laughs> I'm Wendy McDonough, and I'm thankful for Mike's job because he did not have a job for a while, so I'm very thankful for his job. And then I laughed because he didn't have a job for a while again after he got the job. So we kind of giggled and said, Well, I guess that wasn't the job for you. Well, one of his case, one of his workers there said, We're all going to die. We're all going to die because Mike's gone. So we kind of laughed about that, Alex, and I said, my dramatic Alex had to say that, and I said, we kind of felt the same way. Well, his boss at the time came up to him and said, we're not all going to die because you're coming back. And we thought, now how can he come back when he just got laid off? We're not quite sure how that happens. Well, his job, the boss decided to give up his job and say, I'm going to train you to take my place. And I said, how many people would say, I'm going to train you to take my place? Because he said, you see, I want you to stay. And I said, what a blessing, because the job he came from, no one appreciated him. No one ever said hi. No one ever, ever thanked him for anything. And I said, he's a faithful man. I have to thank you for being faithful. But like I said, and he's a good worker and a good man. I always saw that. And I think everybody else can too. But I said, the job he has now, they're deeply appreciated of him. And I said, Thanksgiving was kind of a hard time for us because we were having some hard times. Well, he brought a turkey home one day. And I said, well, well, that's funny. I said, we had no meat. God provided. Well, I said, okay, I guess the Lord knows what he's doing. So, the other day, I was sitting there, and I said, we have no vegetables. The Lord provided. He gave me a freezer full of vegetables. Not just the vegetables for the day, but a freezer full. Then I said, we're out of meat. His dad called and said he hit shot a deer. <laughs> We're not out of meat. So I laughed and said, isn't it funny how God provides? No matter what you do, he provides. And the job he has now is still the same job. He's just higher up. He got a raise. That's one thing that we needed. And I said, time and time again, the Lord has blessed more and more. And sometimes you have to remember, when you think you're both sinking, God puts it back. Most of you know me. My name's David. Um, I, um, I'm just so thankful for so many things. Um, I'm thankful for my church here, my family, 
Um, I'm thankful um, that I meet with men on Tuesday morning, and we pray for many of you here. And um, and I got 216 pages of uh, prayers that uh, God has been answering, and um, it's just amazing what He's been doing. Um, I'm thankful for elders who uh, teach us and have a dedication to us in, in regards to evangelism. Very thankful for them, uh, pushing us towards uh, getting out of our comfort zone. Um, I'm so thankful. I just got to see my mom, and I'm thankful that um, uh, she is getting around with a walker very well, and um, we got to spend some really quality time with her, and... Uh, I'm thankful that the Lord took pain from her even before the surgery and allowed her to get to this point. Very thankful. Um, of course, I'm uh, super thankful for my wife who, um, when God knew me as an older bachelor, <laughs> um, said, you really need some help, David. So he gave me... He gave me the helpmate uh, that I uh, never would have dreamed of, and she she um, keeps me in line and, and does so many things. Um, I'm thankful that I see the Lord working in all of my family's life, um, from my littler kids to uh, my older kids. Um, the Lord has been so faithful. We have begged him for things, and he is delivering and I, I get to see that and it's just so awesome to know that we can just trust in his sovereign work um, uh, there is one quote that I read recently from Spurgeon um, and it, it is really I am so thankful that our God loves and defends us he says go through the day rejoicing for you are no desolate wanderer but a beloved child watched over, cared for, supplied, and defended by your Lord. I'm thankful that he's our defender. All right. I said when it's empty, we're going to continue on. So shall we close with some worship? Awesome. <laughs>